Musical Comedy Awards Podcast. It's the Musical Comedy Awards Podcast with Jay and Dave and chats and songs and acts and jokes and songs and Dave and Jay and Foreman. That's right. Songs and acts and chats and stuff and jokes. Oh, maybe and Dave and Jay songs and whatnot and stories and facts. Foreman. Foreman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Musical Comedy Awards podcast! So I, I should mention I'm actually addressing two audiences at one right now. There's you guys in the room. Give me a cheer! Yeah. Listeners at home, give me a cheer! We heard you. All right, so this is the bit of the show where almost everyone has gone home and a select few who really, really love musical comedy have stayed behind to watch some interviews with the people that you've just seen. So, uh, Dave, who is hey. our... F- Oh, let's get a round of applause for Dave. Dave, from the Musical Comedy Awards Heat 3, um, who is our first guest? It's going to be Joe Jacobs. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Joe Jacobs. Hello, Joe. Hello. So, Joe, um, tell me, how did you discover the Musical Comedy Awards? Did they come to you or did you come to them? Uh, I came to them. You came to them? Yeah, how did they discover you? How do they discover me, or how no, do they discover like people in general? Yeah. I think if you run the Musical Comedy Awards, you make it your business to sort of search around and find other people that are doing musical comedy. At least that's how it was in the olden days, in the 70s. I feel a bit dejected that they didn't seek me out then, <laughs> uh, with that information. Oh, for all you know, when you apply, that, oh, yes, Joe Jacobs, finally, we were waiting for him. Thank you, Joe. It's very kind of you to lie like that. So, <laughs> Joe Jacobs, would you say that you are first and foremost a musical comedian, or are you a comedian who dabbles in music? A comedian dabbles in music. Yeah? When you first started, did you begin with the rapping, or did you begin with something else? Uh, I've done rap singing for about ten years, so that was the first thing. So the the rap predates the comedy? Yeah, I had had an album in 2008. Very weird to do a podcast with people just leaving. Yeah. I'm quite aware of that. <laughs> it's better when you just do it in a room, like an office, not where people are just leaving <laughs> visibly. That's okay. Everybody and a, cl- and a clock here. is counting me down as well, again. Oh, yeah. It's good for the self-esteem, a podcast recording. That's why you went into rap performing, isn't it? For your self-esteem? Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, when, you, when you're a rapper, it's about being, saying you're the best person in the world. But when you do comedy, it's about saying you're the worst person in the <laughs> world. So kind of, that yeah. resonates with me. I've always found that to be true, that comedy seems to be the only profession where you're rewarded for your foibles. Whereas rap, like you said, you're supposed to say how brilliant you are. Yeah, rap is very, you know, it's a very glutinous genre. It's all about excess. Do you find it harder now that you've... (laughs) Now that you've done a bit of comedy rap, do you find it harder to go back to so-called serious rap? Or do you think there's no turning back now? Do you now have to be funny? Uh, Well, I've always been a, a bit silly. A bit silly. Yeah. Well, I think some of the best <laughs> rappers are. Like, immediately you think of Eminem. He's yeah. like a comedian. He sort of, he yeah. tries to make you laugh in almost all of his songs. Absolutely. And the ones where he doesn't is when he's really angry, which I find quite funny. I would agree. I think a lot of rappers are self-aware and have humor. You kind of have to be self-aware. Yeah, man. Who is your, um, who would you say are your influences when it comes either to rap or to comedy? Uh, my favorite comedian is Norm MacDonald. Can I ask a really stupid question? No. Who's Norm MacDonald? <laughs> yeah, who's Norm MacDonald? He's uh, is that a Norm fan back there. You know who Norm is? Thank you. Norm oh, MacDonald is the greatest, funniest living man, I would say. 
Wow, those I feel sh- even more ashamed having not heard of him. Than, he has you know. a Netflix show, and he has a Netflix special, but the best thing to do is go in a norm wormhole and just watch him just explode and ruin TV interviews, which is his speciality. You won't regret it. All right, I'll check him out. Yeah. So I don't know who to look at either. Do I look at the people leaving, the people <laughs> here? Do I you look, look at you? You look square into the eyes of the people who are chatting, who oh, can right. be heard on the podcast at home. Yeah. They seem to have gone home now. At least the kids aren't here anymore. That was a bit strange. Oh, yeah. So for those of you listening at home, we've just finished a show where there was this really large contingent of 11-year-old kids. And as soon as they... You were with me when they all walked in the door and we all, all the comedians started nervously looking at each other hmm. and saying, are we going to have to get rid of the effing and jeffing in our sets now? Because the audience is about yeah. one-third infants. I just, du- I just doubled down. Yeah. But then we were told, uh, Tamara, who organizes this, she says, don't worry, uh, they're all friends of the organizers, and they've been clearly warned. Okay. So it meant that I got to sing my disgusting lyrics and stare right into their long, young, innocent faces. Yeah, the masturbating into a mirror crying line <laughs> uh, that you delivered was a particular highlight. You should have heard the stuff I cut out. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm thinking nervously of a question. This is what happens when you get roped into doing a podcast with no time to prepare, and I have nothing to do but look around the room for inspiration. Um, is that how you come up with your lyrics? You look around the room, or do you when when you write a song or a rap? Is yeah. it something that you've had in mind and you just have to jot down, or do you have a work ethic where you say, "I've decided I'm going to write a song now. Let's find out what it's about." Well, it's kind of a bit of both. I did a song a few years ago. Many years ago, when I lived in Leeds, I was in the studio and I was writing a rap autobiography of the EastEnders character, Pat Butcher. Oh, wow. It was, a full, it was a full-length song, and I was about halfway through it, and then the producer just stopped after taking. He said, why are we doing this? <laughs> Which is a good question. So I parked it, and then a few years later, when she snuffed it in EastEnders, I was like, okay, I might as well finish that off. And then it was like a little viral, and people thought I was ahead of the curve, but they didn't realize... I'd written it five years earlier. I think for comedy, if people are asking why on earth are you doing this, I think that's a sign you're doing something right. Yeah, I would agree with that. I actually find that when I'm creating a new song, uh, my acid test for whether it's a good idea is if my dad hates it. If my dad thinks it's a bad idea, it's probably a good idea. You play your dad to your music. He shouldn't hear it, should he? No, it's just well, nice, my, nice uh, to have a supportive family. I wish I had that. Oh, he likes, <laughs> what I, he likes what I do. He doesn't necessarily understand it. But what about you? Yeah. Do, your, um, do your family like what you do? Uh, they don't really know. No. Do they actively disapprove of your work? Well, I don't bring my family to gigs very often. I brought my mother to uh, a competition final I was in, and it really adversely affected my mental state of mind. She's a very Jewish mother, you know? She's like oh, yeah. It just made it And horrible. explain, perhaps, for the Gentiles out there what that entails. Well, she'll introduce me and insult me in the same sentence. <laughs> like, you know, like, say, no, this is my son, Joseph. He's very skinny. That sort of stuff. Maybe she's trying and to She was, like, sort of f- fucking chatting to the event organisers at the gig. It was just awful. And it made me just like a gibbering mess on stage. And That's then I got a bad review from uh, Chortle. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you get a worse review from your parents? <laughs> No, no, my mother thought I did good, but Steve Bennett isn't my mother. I wonder what would happen if Steve Bennett, the chief reviewer for Chortle, if he had a child working in comedy, if he had a son or daughter, could he give them a good review? 
Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it just? Well, we've only got 58 seconds, so... Um, oh, so this is the time of the interview. I assume it is. Dave, is that time flashing towards us? Is that how much time we have left for the interview? Or was that the time for the whole podcast? <laughs> it's neither. It's just, it's just a rough guide. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, uh, would you have any parting words of wisdom, both for the listeners at home and the ladies and gentlemen of the audience? Uh, can you follow me on the internet? Oh, that's right. Plugs. Yeah. Um, what, are you, what are you doing right now? When's your next gig and uh, what's your website and whatnot? My website is joejacobs.website. Serious? Dot website? Yes. Wow. That's cumbersome. That website again, joejacobs.website. All right. We'll be checking it out. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Jacobs. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jay. You're listening to a podcast. Podcast. Dave, who is the next guest on the podcast? It looks like it's Barra. It looks like it's Barra. Please welcome Barra McNamara. Hello. How's it going? You all right? That's not bad. That's not bad. Let's try that again. I'm not bad. How are you? I'm not that bad. You're not that bad. Excellent. I'm glad neither of us are that bad. Yeah. Barra, how far have you come today? Because I've noticed that your accent betrays that you're a foreigner. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm from Dublin, but I'm living up like North, North London, North London at the oh, moment. Oh, hey, where in North London? Uh, I'm not too far from. I'm actually Manor House. I no way. That's near where I live. <laughs> during during your song, you, you mentioned Manor House, but I was really slow off the mark, so I actually like whooped for like right slip or something. <laughs> yeah, really oh, don't whoop for right slip. <laughs> uh, how, how long have you been over here for? Uh, five years. Oh right. Yeah. And did you come over here to pursue the comedy career, or did something else bring you over? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a teacher for the day job, so I came what over do you to teach? do that. Uh, primary school. Oh, yeah, cool. What age? Uh, year two, so like six years old. I, I find that being a teacher and being a comedian are actually quite similar. Oh, definitely. It's like trying to keep their attention, keep them, yeah, interested in what you're doing. Yeah. And they just heckle you unendlessly. Like, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cruel. And Especially in primary school. Absolutely, yeah. What's your, uh, your favourite subject to teach them? Oh, um, I, um, I don't know. Uh, Probably like English. I like kind of doing like creative writing and stuff with them because their oh, ideas yeah. are very, very creative. And <laughs> you strike me as one of those English teachers that the kids are going to remember when they're older. We uh, had this cool teacher, Mr. McNamara, who brought his guitar into the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I do it quite a bit. Um, and often they're like, would he ever stop playing? For God's <laughs> sake, we need to learn something. <laughs> this isn't another gig. So uh, uh, <laughs> how do you reckon that helps with the teaching? Why, why is it better to teach with a guitar in your hand than just with a microphone? Um, I think a microphone in a classroom would be super weird. Um, classroom sizes are getting bigger <laughs> yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Uh, that's nice, kind of break up the lesson and kind of show like other forms of what you're doing through like a little song and they're usually like super up for it and stuff and uh, yeah they get really, like, really excited about music they always get really involved which is really nice that's great yeah. but then uh, you know some of your set was, was filth my set was filth yes absolutely like, do you never find it a problem when you're performing to the children you're trying to teach them about the square on the hypotenuse and some of your comedy instincts kick in yeah it's really hard when you're like talking about Pythagoras and you say fuck or something like <laughs> that <laughs> it's really bad can I swear on a podcast am I allowed to do that I think we can Dave are we allowed to swear on this podcast Counting great. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, during the gig with the, the row of children there, they, when I said, I swore during the song, and I said, fuck, and I locked eyes with like an 11-year-old. And I was like, this is the part he'll recount later on in his life where he's like, that's where my life went downhill. 
when a guy <laughs> sang the word fuck at me. <laughs> but they, they were clearly warned, and that's the thing, is it's all very well doing a children's show, but then when you're doing an adult show that's been invaded by children, it's actually a fantastic opportunity to really lay into them, and it's entirely their own parents' fault. Absolutely, yeah. Have you ever had a disaster at a gig before along those lines? Along those lines of having children in the audience? Yeah, where you've, where you've misread the audience and said something you shouldn't at a gig. Has this ever happened? Uh, no. I did, I did a gong show pretty early on in when I started off, and that was just... That was the worst experience of my life. A gong show being that they vote you off, they don't like you. And I walked on stage with a guitar like, hi, everybody. And they were just like, fuck you. <laughs> Testify. Yeah. It can be very hard doing a gong show when you're a musical comedian yeah. because as a music act, you often have to tell the audience, okay, hang on, bear with me. I'm guaranteed an applause in two and a half minutes. I just have to get through this. <laughs> but with a gong show, you know, they can get you off before a punchline that you were working slowly towards comes along. Absolutely. And the song I was doing that time, it was like a minute buildup. It was like entirely set up. And I look back now thinking that was a terrible idea because they <laughs> want quick humor. But a man screamed in my face, tell a joke! Oh. And I was like, just give me a second. <laughs> I noticed you're, you're a very accomplished guitarist. Does that mean, have you ever dabbled in uh, serious, uh, non-comedy folk music? Have you ever played uh, a guitar yeah. and not laughed? I, yeah, I used, I used to play quite a bit, like just regular music before I started doing stand-up. Um, but yeah, I spent years trying to be heartfelt and misunderstood and realized it got me nowhere. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed uh, just yeah trying to make people laugh through it instead. It's it's really rewarding. It's really lovely. The nice thing about doing musical comedy as opposed to uh, so-called straight music is you can tell straight away whether what you're doing works or not. If they're laughing, it must be funny. Whereas if you're trying to make an audience think about something or make them cry, you might not find out for weeks if it was working. Absolutely, yeah. Unless someone's genuinely weeping in the audience. But like that, <laughs> that could be also, oh, they're weeping because I'm shit, maybe. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so who are, when you're writing a song, who are the, the comedians that you have in mind? Oh, I love, um, I'm a big, big, big fan of David O'Doherty. I'm a huge fan of his. Oh, he's great. Um, yeah, he's just fantastic. Um, Flight of the Concords. Of course. Uh, there's an Irish uh, comedy band called Dead Cat Bounce. Oh, They're yeah, that. no longer going. They're unbelievable. They seem popular them. with this audience. There was a little sort of titter of recognition about Dead Cat Bounce. That's great. Um, um, so, yeah, them I kind of think of with that. Kind of, I know it's kind of almost like storytelling within music in itself and just kind of the weird avenues you can take through that. Yeah, one of the most amazing things about David O'Doherty is that um, he isn't, and I'm sure he'll understand if I say this, that he's not necessarily a very skilled musician. <laughs> he's, and the thing about David O'Doherty is he needs only the simplest of little uh, notes on his little Yamaha and he's hilariously funny. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas there are other comedians like you, for example, who put so much effort into the plinky-plonky of the guitar, <laughs> and David O'Doherty doesn't feel the need to. Yeah, I think it's great, because like, with him, like, he's a classically trained jazz pianist, but he kind of chooses to make it as simple ah. as possible on stage. Uh, he's a secret skilled musician. Yeah, I think he's, like, he's holding back those musical skills just to make the, I don't know, it just makes it even better, I think. It's fantastic. You've heard the same thing about um, Gerald Scarf and uh, Pablo Picasso were both capable of drawing realistically when they wanted to. <laughs> it's the same for David O'Doherty. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, yeah. well, um, Barra, have you got anything that you'd like to plug? Plug? Oh, God. Um, I'm doing a, uh, a show at the end of March. I'm doing like a 45 to an hour minute Hour minute? That's not a thing. 45 <laughs> hour a minute. I'm going to invent the hour minute, apparently, <laughs> at this show. Um, so I'm doing a show at the Nursery Theatre with uh, a friend called Mike Dusting, who's absolutely amazing, on the 25th of March. Um, 
yeah, tickets will be on sale the next few days. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, All right. Please come. <laughs> and do you have a, a website or some social media to plug? Yeah, just on, just on Facebook and everything. My awkwardly spelled Irish name. Um, just kind of put in loads of like the letter A and you'll find me pretty uh, Go much. on, say your name again. Barra McConmara. There we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> big round of applause Thanks, for Barra McNamara. Thank you very much. There we go, two guests down. Dave, have we got yet a third guest? We do have yet a third guest. We have Hel McCormack. Hel McCormack. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hel McCormack. Hello. I'm going in for the handshake and you've left me hanging. Oh, no. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Was that vigorous enough? That was a very vigorous handshake. Okay, good. So um, tell me how you discovered the Musical Comedy Awards. Um, my and also, is, is this your first? It is my first, yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, my friend Tamara introduced me to the Musical Comedy Awards. Ah, you're her... friends with Tamara. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Tamara. Oh, a different Tamara. Yeah, a different Tamara. Her brother competed a few years ago. His name is Jamie D'Souza. Oh. Um, musical and... Comedy fans, look him up. A bit of triv. And yeah, she kind of sent it over to me and was like, you should do this. So I did. Cool. So how different is it performing live in front of everyone compared to uh, the video that you send in when you first apply? Uh, um, the video I sent in, with comedy you need an audience. Like you said before, you kind of need to know what the reaction is, if people are laughing. And even though one of my songs, I've done it a million times before, I know that people respond well to it. I recorded it to send it in and I was on my own and it just felt really awkward. <laughs> it was horrible. It's one of the biggest differences between musical comedy and regular spoken stand-up is that um, if you're doing spoken word, you can sort of wait for the applause and the laughter to come. Yeah. But when you're doing a song, you kind of, you have to keep up with yourself. Yeah. You need to like leave adequate space for people to laugh. Yeah. But no one's laughing. So you're like in your head like, ha, ha, ha. Okay, let's move on. It's like, it's very weird. One of the people that comes to mind when you talk about the difference between performing at home and performing in front of an audience is Bo Burnham. I knew you were going to say that. Because he, <laughs> he, he started his career when he was playing the keyboard at home with his little webcam, and then he ended up playing big stadium gigs. But it's so different, and yet it's the, the, the same sort of voice that he's doing, but he has to leave those gaps for the audience. And do you find it's very different between the two? Um, to be honest, I've not recorded my own material much, um, but yeah, there is a big difference for me when I have done that. Um, yeah. Is Bo Burnham uh, an influence on you? Or uh, who, who were the influences when you've, been, when you've been writing your songs? Bo Burnham is a very big influence on me. That kind well, he's of an influence on everyone because he's yeah. so wonderful. Yeah, it's to that point where you're like, oh, what are your influences? And people are like, mm, Tim Minchin and Bo Burnham. And you're like, ah, yes, the most famous musical comedians. I think it's important also to, to think about who your influences are outside the realm of comedy. Otherwise, yeah, totally. it'll sound like musical comedy. Yeah. So who are your, um, your favorite music acts that are not funny? Um... Well, <laughs> you. <Huh>. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to shade you. Um, I have a big musical theatre background. All right. Um, so I don't know if that's reflected in my material, um, but I always tend to look towards theatrical styles of songwriting. Um, so, you know, the big names there, like um, Robert Lopez and Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, just the way that they structure songs and... I always find with uh, musical comedy, there tends to be a kind of... As with any comedy, you have a setup and then a punchline, right? Yeah. With musical comedy, that comes in like a kind of... In my head, it's like a three-part formula. The first time, you kind of introduce something and then you give the punchline, and it's unexpected. The second time, the audience knows what's coming, so you can hear like, ha, 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 well, what's going to happen. And then the third time, you want to give it a little twist. 
So they know what to expect, but you're like, I'm not going to give you that. Absolutely. It's because with musical comedy, you have such a challenge trying to defy expectations. Because well, that's what comedy is, is doing something unexpected. And yet, with music, people can tell where the joke is expected to land. They know where the, where the rhymes are supposed to be and where the end of a phrase is meant to be. So you're absolutely right. It can be quite a challenge to keep the surprise up. But you seem to yeah. have found a way of doing it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I really like in your material when you um, just stop playing and then you're like, okay, next. That's a really like unexpected kind of interruption. It's fun to do once, but you can only get away with it so many times. Yeah, otherwise everyone's like, do you have a full song? It's, it, well, it's temp now, actually, so this is a, not to you know, talk about myself too much, but the, the song <laughs> about when I paid my cleaner to kill my cat, that was intended to be a full song. And then I ran out of ideas after the first line and then thought, actually, <laughs> actually that will do. And thereafter, I thought, actually, doing very, very, very short songs is a nice way of filling up a set. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. But I can only get away with it so many times. Do you prefer doing short songs, or do you prefer really long, epic pieces? Because you said you like musical theatre, yeah. but with the eight-minute time limit in the MCAs, you might not necessarily be able to do something like that. Yeah, what I'm very what would you have done if you'd been given half an hour to fill? Oh, my God, I would have performed an entire musical <laughs> <laughs> of my own. Um, yeah, I prefer to do kind of longer songs that you can kind of get your, sink your teeth into. Um, I wrote one the other day, which I may or may not do at the next Well, you're going to have round. to now because you've told us now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but that's literally like an entire story with a premise and oh, characters. Wow. And oh, I've promoted it now. What's it about? <laughs> <laughs> it's about a genie who grants me three wishes. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Can are you, you intrigued? Reveal, uh, are you able to reveal what one of the three wishes is? Ooh. Or would that spoil it? Well, the song is kind of about me pondering what my three wishes should be. So there's a lot of suggestions. Um, and a plot twist. Stay mm. tuned. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Social media, website, upcoming gigs? Um, uh, upcoming gigs? I'm doing the Musical Comedy Awards. No way. Yeah. <laughs> don't know if you guys Congratulations. Um, I don't really have any special gigs coming up, um, so I'm going to plug my social media. I am um, Hell Has Three Letters on Most Things, and that's Hell with one L. Hell with... <laughs> so your, your social media is Hell Has Three Letters? Yep. And Number does the three. hell have three letters? Because that would be confusing if it's spelled it spelled double L. It does have three letters. All right, so at hell has three letters. Thank you very much. And a round of applause Thank for you. Hell McCormack. You're listening to a podcast. Podcast. Well, we've done three guests. Uh, Dave, do we have yet another or have we come to a surprise abrupt end? No, not quite. We've got one more. I think. One more guest. Who is the one more guest? It's Katie Pritchard. It's Katie Pritchard. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie Pritchard. Thank you very much. Thank you. I couldn't tell if you were helping me up there or something. <laughs> I was leaning in for a handshake and you were, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I thought you were saving me. Uh, no. Well, do, do you feel safe now? You're on top of a very high chair. Yes, I'm not sure. I... I'm not equipped to stop it from spinning, so I'm sorry if I'm turning away from you, Jay. Do you, do you intend to spin? <laughs> no. Shall, shall I, I rotate don't. you around so that you can face both me and the audience a bit more? I don't know. Maybe Hang I'll on, just let me, if I lean back, if I lean back, <laughs> I can push with my foot. <laughs> I think it's like got, it's got a stop on it. It doesn't seem to be working. There's not it's enough just, purchase on the middle. It's got a stop, but I think we've styled it out, Jay. All right, that, well, I'm now going to remain know. in this position for the rest of the interview. <laughs> How are you? I'm so comfortable right now. Fantastic. <laughs> so is this your first MCAs? It's not. No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's so sorry. The, uh, for the benefit of the listeners at I'm home, so um, Katie has no. rotated away from me. <laughs> no. Look, this is, this is a podcast. We don't need to see each other. 
I can. Okay. We can conduct the <laughs> interview with our eyes closed. Thank you very much, Dave. So okay. tell me about your previous experience. And <laughs> I'm clutching a mic. <laughs> so tell me how that compares to today. Um, oh gosh, um, <laughs> I'm stuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I had a lovely time before, and um, I thought I'd. <laughs> Dave, what are you doing? Okay. Um, and I thought that I really wanted to do it again. Excellent. Basically. Well, we're glad you came back. <laughs> what happened? I guess uh, this, uh, the time has come for me to ask you the question I ask everybody. Okay. Uh, which is, um, who are your biggest influences and how did you get here today? <laughs> um, uh, well, I got here on the train. Yes. Um, and Where have you come from, by the way? Uh, from Aylesbury today, mm. out in the countryside. Um, just <laughs> fun. It's very expensive. Don't go. Don't go there. I went through it once. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been to Aylesbury. I feel like I, I don't officially live there, so I can slate it, but I feel like there's not much going on. Just got hang on, hang on. How does it come to be that you don't officially live there? Um, just house sitting? <laughs> just stopping at mum and dad's. Oh, okay. <laughs> whilst I'm poor. <laughs> but it's in an official uh, capacity because when people send you letters, that's where they go. Um, I think so. And your although parents. Uh, <laughs> although I'm, I am slightly. You, you've hit a sore spot there because I am worried that I don't know if I've changed my address from my previous flat over. So, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I was having a bit of anxiety about that before, but I'm glad that you. Well, I feel glad that, that I've reminded you because yeah, sometimes they you. send you really important stuff. Yes. Um, do your um, have your parents seen your act, and what do they think? They they have. I think they they didn't get it for a, quite a <laughs> quite a while, um, but recently my mum seems to be sharing uh, stuff on Facebook, so I think that's the thumbs up, that's the go-ahead. Is, is she sharing your stuff on Facebook um, with, your, uh, with your prior consent and knowledge? No, just <laughs> willy-nilly. And it'll be random stuff as well that she shares. Uh, but she's always very nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think before that it was a big, she's not into it. I mean, she's not come today. She's not that into it. <laughs> but, um, but she'll, she, she'll share She hasn't post. come today, but has she been to see you uh, at a gig before? She has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay then. Yeah, it's they a came long all the way, way to Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Did you have a, a show there? I did, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, what was your show? Um, I had two, because I'm a bit greedy. So I had two one um, called Tsunami Rami Rami and um, a family show called um, Sketchy Wetchy Wetchy. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a lot That's of That's a fantastic hole. way of making sure people know that <coughs> if you've done one, you've also done the other one. Yeah. <laughs> what was that experience like, doing an entire month of shows at Edinburgh? Um, really fun, yeah. It was my first time doing um, solo shows for the whole month. Um, so that was uh, very fun. And will you be going back for another Edinburgh? Um, I hope so. I need to do my, uh, my little application. That's true. So it's February. It's panic time if you're taking a show to the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've not done any applications. So I need to... Um, need to oh, that's very boring for you guys. But I need to do some admin, change my address, <laughs> <I feel laughs> apply like to some festivals. This is an interview where I just remind you, you've got <laughs> yeah, to check on your old address. You've got to do your Edinburgh admin. <laughs> when I leave, I'm going to go stuff. and write a to-do list. So um, thanks, Jay. Ta oh, and your taxes. Ta yeah. And my taxes. Oh, my God. Don't set me on. You're triggering me now. <laughs> Come on, guys. What is this? Um, I noticed that there's a lot of historical references in your stuff. Is this there something is, yeah. that you are um, interested in before you started doing the comedy? Or yes. um, did you decide history is a good thing to crowbar in? Um, <laughs> I mean, it is potentially crowbarred in. No, I loved history when I, I have no degree in it. I uh, don't know if you can tell from my <laughs> material <laughs> that I don't really particularly know a lot about what I'm chatting about, but I love history. Um, so what I've actually done is I've written um, a family show uh, this year called Hysterical Histories, which is basically all of that stuff. Um, just prancing around 
to music that kids don't know the original songs <laughs> of, um, and uh, being silly about stuff that happened in history, basically. Well, see, you're in a position where you've done shows at the Fringe both for children and for grown-ups. What do you think is the biggest difference between performing for kids and performing for massive kids? Um, the uh, actual kids that are below 15 are very honest with their opinions, <laughs> and um, I have been heckled before with stuff like I'm bored oh, and wow. when is the next act coming on so I feel like it's things to help me grow uh, as a performer <laughs> um, and really help me feel positive about my career choices um, so I think I appreciate performing for kids sometimes more than adults you shouldn't take the me. kids too seriously because after all you are bigger than them I, well <laughs> well Jay for the people at home <laughs> we should probably point out um, that of the 11 year old boys that we're in today I, I think there wasn't one that was smaller than me so <laughs> I was a little bit scared as they came in to you it looked like a child to me it was a gang <laughs> from the East End <laughs> so um, they weren't so threatening actually something that the 11 year olds did they were there for one of their birthdays and each of them had with them a little bag full of party favours did they? there was cake what? yeah oh my gosh I how do you know this they some cake day? behind I mean there won't be enough for the whole audience oh. but uh, if you come back next year to the Musical Comedy Awards, <laughs> there'll be more cake Maybe to go Martin around. Martin will be back with his gang. All right. Very good. So tell us, have you got anything you'd like to plug? Uh, social media, <laughs> websites and so on? Yes. Um, I, I need to plug, for some reason, I've signed up to do four different shows at Leicester Comedy Festival. Um, so if anyone four knows... Four shows? <laughs> yes. Um, don't ask... Yes, I know. Don't ask me why I've done that. Um, literally a completely unknown person. I'm going to ask Katie, why have you done that? <laughs> I don't... I... Do you know what? I don't know. I just got a bit trigger happy um, on the applications. Um, I've written three of them. One You're of them... You're on approach to the French <laughs> Festival. <laughs> well, do we'll give it a go. <laughs> um, so if anyone knows anyone in Leicester... Um, Please come and see a show, or just buy a ticket. Don't come, just buy a ticket. So I feel <laughs> like I feel like, oh no, you know, I feel like before I get there, oh that's good. There's loads of people, and if they're not there, I can just be like, oh, I don't know what's happened to them. It's fine. Like I'm not offended if you don't come, but it would be great if you um, sign up or something. There's most of them are free, so that it won't cost you anything. It'll just help me. Thank you. It'll help my ego. I enjoyed. A bit. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the costume changes that you had in the uh, performance we saw this afternoon. Do you oh, have a lot thanks. of costume changes in your Edinburgh shows and um, your your Leicester shows? Yes, all the costume changes you oh, one could hope for, um, and uh, and more. <laughs> All right, I don't amazing. Know what that more is. Um, I don't know what I've done, but yeah, if you uh, you can find me on my website, is that okay if I do that? Yes, please. Yeah, it's katiepritchard.co.uk, and um, on social media, it's at katiepritchards with an S. So I sound like a business, but I'm <laughs> clearly I clearly have no business acumen because I've signed up for four shows. That's the spirit. <laughs> All right, well, best of luck with the shows. Many thanks, thanks and please uh, give another round of applause for Katie Pritchard. Thank you very much. Do you want some help getting off the chair? <laughs> there you go. You're listening to a podcast. Podcast. All right, well, that, that's all for the guests. Have we had a good time at the podcast? Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, am, I, am I allowed to plug myself? Yeah, and, and, and I can ask you some questions. Yes! yes. There's one Maybe. audience member that seems really, really keen. If, Dave, if we're going to do this, do I now have to move out of the question-asking seat and move into the question-answer seat? Yeah. Well, you're at... Well... Based on the last two podcasts, you're actually in the the answering seat already. Really? But but don't worry about it. We, we Can don't I have check any rules. before we continue? Uh, is the podcast in stereo? So when people listen, are they going to know where I was sat, or does it just not matter? 
I have not recorded this in stereo. Phew. <laughs> All right, well then, uh, I'm, I'm ready for your questions, I suppose. All right. Hey, Jay. Hey. I've just hey. realized now all the questions that I've asked, I'm going to have back at me. So I, <laughs> I should have prepared answers for these. <laughs> so you were first in the MCAs uh, in 2009 when we just had a final. We didn't have all this heat malarkey. The two th 2009 gets longer and longer ago every year. Yeah, 10 years ago. Yes, it was. Um, and I believe it would have been probably the, the video that got you to the final was Stealing Food. Oh, that takes I, me back. I imagine. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So was that like one of your first things you did or did you, were you going... That was one of the very first. I wrote yeah. that song back when I was a student and it was completely autobiographical because I did indeed used to steal food from my flatmates in uni halls and then I turned it into a funny song and, uh, and here I am today. <laughs> <laughs> and then the following year you were in the 2010 final. I was. Uh, can you tell us anything about that experience? Well, I've got to try and remember nine years ago now. So uh, 2010, let's see. I had that song, Stealing Food. Uh, I did it for a second year in a row. Um, it's scary to think that some of the songs that I still perform when I'm doing a, a short set, some of those songs are now old enough to be sentient human beings that are better at maths than I am. <laughs> Including Stealing, uh, Stealing Food, which I think is one of my oldest songs that I still play. Mm. And, and how, I mean, I've seen you perform ever since then in all different uh, manners in, in this room many times. I do love this um, room. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is the home of the Musical Comedy I, Awards and the Distraction Club. Yeah, I, it was... Old I, Rope. Yeah, I used to come to Distraction Club and I just thought we should be here. So I moved, I kind of said to, to Tamara, this is the place we need to be at. This is the best venue. Oh, yes. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things I love about this room compared to, do you remember the Wilmington Arms? Yes. Yeah, this is warmer. It was, was a very, it was that, a freezing yeah. cold venue. Was the Wilmington? Yeah, arms. yeah, that basement. Yeah, I used to get dripped on down there. Yeah, all yeah. the acts would come upstairs with their banjos and guitars, just covered in you know, uh, water, rainwater, yeah. mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the days. So we used to do uh, all the heats uh, and quarters and semis at the Wilmington Arms from 2010 to 2013. And I feel like I'm allowed to say this about the Wilmington Arms because it's under new management and they've done a refurb, which is basically yeah. them acknowledging that it was dripping wet before. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were issues, definitely. Um, I think we liked it, but um, we had to move out when they were doing the first refurb. And then we went to Camden for a year, the Black Heart. Oh, yeah, that's um, another great Upstairs venue. there. Yeah, I don't know if it fitted our, our vibe that much because it's kind of quite a goth kind of uh, dark pub. Did it attract um, goth comedians? Goth no. musical <laughs> comedians. You don't see too many of them. No. And, and in fact, uh, one of our uh, competitors this year who's been in it before who had to drop out today, James McDonnell, he does do that kind... Well, not, not necessarily goth, but he certainly goes for, like, playing on, on heavy metal style of music and, and, and he... he he alternates that with kind of children's lullabies, and that's part of the part of the joke. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully he will be back in a future year, and then everyone will get to hear him. Yeah, um, that's true. What are the rules about re-entering the musical comedy awards? Because I was uh, hearing before you were talking about how you come to qualify for not being allowed to take part. I think the rule generally is, and it's not it's not a strict rule. It's just if you're on TV and you're doing a lot of media stuff, then you're too big for this competition. Basically, it's saying no Bill um, Bailey's allowed. Yeah, Bill Bailey's he's he's got enough awards. Yeah, we we did have last week a competitor called uh, Paul Silky White, who oh, you probably Silky. know. Yeah, and and he's been going for 10, 20 years at least, uh, but he's never kind of I don't know whether he didn't want to or just has not been lucky enough to kind of bridge to that kind of you know, TV status. So he was perfectly valid to enter the competition, even though he's arguably way more experienced than most of the other people. You hear about loopholes like that all the time. There was someone at the Fringe a few years ago. I can't remember who it was. He was like a very big established act, 
who somehow became eligible for the Best Newcomer Act. And the reason he was is because his shows at the Fringe had all been less than 50 minutes, which means that technically his first one-hour show was a Newcomer Award eligibility. Right. Which yeah. is cheeky. That is cheeky. We, we also have a Newcomer Award, uh, and, and that is technically whoever... like they, It has to be their first year with us. Um, that's, and that is strictly... So I'm not allowed to enter again? <laughs> no, I mean, you did win that, that actual prize, I believe, in, t in 2009. So, yeah, you, I, I'm, it's literally impossible to win it twice. I actually, there's a story. So um, you guys very kindly gave me a trophy that year, mm. which was very, very nice of you. Uh, and I took it home to proudly show my parents. And uh, they, they, they treasured that thing because, you know, they're, um, my parents are, how you say, uh, Jewish parents. So they like to, how you say, to, to quell, which means to be very, very proud of their children's achievements. And right. do you know what they did with that wooden trophy that you guys gave me? Um. They had it fitted with a little panel, because the trophy was basically a wooden music note, but it didn't actually have any information on it. You sort of had to remember where it came from. And my dad, unbeknownst to me, went to a trophy shop wow. and had the words Musical Comedy <laughs> Awards Best Newcomer 2009 <laughs> embossed on it. <laughs> that, rem that reminds me, I have a, a Jewish mother, and uh, when this I is therapy today. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, I don't believe that makes me Jewish, but that's a contentious issue. I think it technically but, um, does. It te depends on depending on whose rules you go by. Exactly, you have to believe in the rules to, to believe it. And I and as a non-believer, anyway. Uh, but she, when I was eighteen and I got my A levels, I this is not musical comedy related, but why not? Um, <laughs> I, it is therapy. I uh, I, I got um, not the results I was predicted, not quite as you know highly as I as I should have done. However, that was partly because I'd been given a kind of uh, after-school job and um, at a internet company, and this was back in 96 when internet companies were, were a very new thing, and they then offered to sponsor me while I was at university. So when we came back from uh, the, like the first term and we had like the kind of certificate presentation thing, our school did a little brochure where it had everyone's names and, all, and their results printed next to their name, and my mum actually had somehow, A, knew that this brochure was going to be done, and B, phoned up the school and got them to put an asterisk next to my name that then at the bottom said, and is also sponsored by iWay. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, why did you do that? Because that's literally like the thing that everyone's going to put in their scrap. Well, maybe they don't. Maybe they won't chuck theirs away. But uh, She could have just written in her own copy in Biro, but she needed yeah, everyone else to exactly. see. Exactly. Oh, God. Well, it's clearly had an impact because you're still telling the story <laughs> to this day. <laughs> yeah, but that's the first time I've ever told it. Uh, yeah, so uh, any other things to ask you? Um, can someone, not that I'm vain, but can someone just take a photo of us up here? Because I do put online photos of all the guests. So oh, yeah, and you're um, normally the one taking the photos. Yeah, exactly. But if, so if you did your job now, it would be a selfie. Yeah, I could do that as well for fun. But thanks, thanks Tor. Tor is here. Tor is uh, probably Hello, Tor. the most uh, regular audience member, I think. Or maybe it's Brian. It's one of the two. Um, they, they, they can have a scrap about it later, I reckon. Do you, uh, do you want us to do a, a, a candid sort of natural pose, or shall we do a, a thumbs up, a sort of a, you know, we know oh we're no, having just, our photo just, taken? No, no, candid, just, sorry, just in the, in the middle now, of things. It's yeah, done that's fine. Yeah, um, what else? Um, how have things gone since you were in the MCAs? Well, the MCAs was a long time ago. Yeah. In those days, so, um, so the musical comedy was a hobby. Uh -huh. And in fact, I remember exactly where I was when I discovered there was such thing as the MCAs. I was um, cheekily on the computer whilst working at a job um, as a runner for a TV channel called Sky Poker, which may or may not still exist. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. But I was working, working there, and this was in the days when I thought I wanted a job working in the TV industry. And then I saw this musical comedy awards and thought, that might be lots of fun. And I find myself, 10 years later, no longer wanting to work in the TV industry and doing musical comedy... 
technically is a job. So I yeah, suppose yeah. thanks to you guys, I guess. I've been able to turn this into a bigger than hobby. Mm. So uh, thanks, guys. Thank you very much. And, and you do also have a kind of uh, DIY TV job, don't you? On, on the internet. Yes, I've got a YouTube channel. Uh -huh. And uh, YouTube is basically... Well, I mean, I wouldn't have believed this 10 years ago when I first started, but YouTube is now a place where you can get an audience sometimes bigger than an audience on television. Because mm. it's the future now. Yes, yeah, yeah. You should yeah. know, you work for an internet company. Yeah, 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 of course. And, and, and you're doing videos about, about uh, trains and, and transport and London. And yeah, I've got these two parallel careers that never seem to cross over. I've got the musical comedy, which is largely thanks to you, and then entirely separate from that, I have a YouTube channel which has uh, comedy documentaries about geography, politics, and cities. Mm. I and they, oh, woo, thank you. And they, they, they have are, nothing they to are do funny with each actually. other, but they, they, they are my job now. Yeah, and, they, and, I, and I, I love the work you put into kind of putting in background jokes and things. And oh, thank like you. Wearing, wearing a dress and edited. And, you, know, you, you have to see them on, online. Um, yes. And I should also say you do have a crossover, which is your underground song. I think that really crosses I guess right that counts over. as the only thing that's a sort of hybrid between my two otherwise yeah. parallel careers. Yeah. I want to play a little game with you. I want to find out how we got here today. So give me a cheer if you came by London Underground. Oh, that's most of you. All right, so I'm going to do a little game of telepathy here. I'm going to pick someone. Hands up those who came by Tube. Uh, you, child, what's your name? <laughs> Martin. Martin, oh yeah, the birthday boy. Give another round of applause. <laughs> Martin, I'm gonna, oh no, hang on. I've just realized I can't play this game with you because I already know that your local station is Collier's Wood. <laughs> I'm gonna need someone who came by tube, but who, you, what's your name? Emma. Emma, right, I'm gonna guess where you came from using mind reading powers. So, is your local tube station Hornchurch? No. No, okay, 269 <laughs> to go. <laughs> Ickenham. No. Hainault. No. Cockfasters. Regan's Court Park. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not going to help me, though. <laughs> Bromley by Bow. Morden. Monument. Mornington Crescent. Paddington. Plasto. Pimlico. Dagenham Heathway. Elephant and Castle. Richmond. Stone Square. I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> Richmond, Sloan Square, Beck Country, Brixton, Barbican, Chorleywood, Amersham, Eastcote, Appleton, East Finchley, Kenton, Kennington, Fairlock, Farringdon, Mile End, Brownscourt, Maidervale, Barking, Buckingside, Devon, Hammersmith, Foxhall, Beverly Park, Tottenham. Hooray! That was quick. Would you like to hear the rest? Yeah! Park, Tottenham, Hale, Northwood, Oakwood, Wood, Green, Woodford, Collier's Wood, and then Croxley, Charing Cross, King's Cross, St Pancras, Brent Cross, Hatton Cross, Osterley, Ballinborough, Chesham, Hampstead, Loughton, Leighton, Leighton Stone, Stanmore, Snaresburg, Greenford, Northolt, Northfield, Southfield, Marlebone, Kingsbury, Queensbury, Queensway, Queens Park, Park, Roy, Royal Oak, Burnt Oak, then Allgate, Southgate, Highgate, Moorgate, Notting Hill Gate, St Paul's, Neasden, Oxford Circus, Piccadilly Circus, Lambeth, North and Northwick Park, Upton Park and Westbourne Park and Wimbledon Park and Stonebridge Park, Warwick Avenue. New Ward 2, Watford, Wormslow Central with Wanstead, Hounslow West and Hounslow East and East Ham West and West Hampstead, Honeybridge, Knightsbridge, Redbridge, Donabiz, Oxbridge, Pedabell, Leicester Square, Good Street, Baker Street, Bond Street, Wormslow Street, Old Street, Liverpool Street, Edgware. By the way, when I say your local one, give me a cheer. West Acton, West Harrow, West Fishy, Kew Gardens and Lancaster Gate and Garnersbury, Westminster, Upminster, Russell Square, Euston Square, Totchett and Whetstone, East Putney. Broadway, Fulham, Broadway, Tooting, Broadway, Arsenal, Stockwell, Chickwell, Seven Sisters, Black Horse Road, Blackfriars, Temple, East Acton, Oval, Bow Road, Connondale, Archway, Angel, Upminster Bridge, Clapham Common, Clapham North and Clapham South and Swiss Cottage, Acton Town and Camden Town and Chalk Farm and West Kensington, Canning Town and Kentish Town and Suffolk Town and West Hampton, Faden Boys and Tooting, Beck and Stamford, Brooks, South Kensington, Rickmansworth and Mansion, House and Marble, Large South Wimbledon, Dollars Hill, Gans Hill, Grange Hill, Suffolk Hill, Tower Hill, Hillingdon, Altgate East, Southwark, Bonnet, Earls Court Base, Water Penny, Victoria, Mill Hill East, High Street, Kensington, 
<coughs> Heads at Olympia, Ealing, Common, Bermondsey, Heathrow, Terminals 4 and 5, and Heathrow, Terminals 1, 2, 3. Epping, Euston, Kilburn, Kilburn, Park, Chalfontaine, Latimer, Cannon Street and Cannons Park, Embankment, Canada Water. South Ealing, South Harrow, South Kansas, South Woodford, Canary Wharf, Harrow, and Wheelstone, North Acton, North Ealing, North Greenwich, North Harrow, North Wembley, and High Road, Islington. Sing along! Caledonian Road, and Edgware Road, and Finchley Road, and Gloucester Road, and Goldport Road, and Holloway Road, and Latimer Road, and Preston Road, Elm Park, Regent's Park, Green Park, Holland Park, High Park Corner, and Up Knee, Moore Park, Chester Park, Chinsley Park, Newbury Park, Finsbury Park, Roding Valley, Hendon Central, Hounslow Central, Wembley Central, Belsize Park, Finchley Central, Covent Garden, Tottenham Court Road, Woodside Park. Nearly finished. Wood Lane, Hang Lane, Chancery, Middlesbrough, Tower Lane, Town and Green, Buckhurstill, Goddard Green, Cadsley Green, Parsons Green, Stanley Green, Wilson Green, Bethel Green, Harrow on the Hill. Honest Grove, Lavergrove, Grove, Boston Manor, Manor House, St James Park and St John's Wood, Shepherd's Bush Market, Shepherd's Bush Harsden, Hoburn, Northwood, Hill Stratford, White City, White Devil, Wilson Junction, Wimbledon, Rystip, Rystip Garden, South Rystip, West Rystip, Rystip Manor, Great Portland Street, Dagenham East, Bounds, Green and Bank. And that's all of them. Thank you very much. Yeah, there you go. I sometimes have people, they ask me, they, they see my YouTube videos and they say, oh, you know all about geography and transport and stuff, so would you like to come along to this live event and, you know, do something for us for a good 20 minutes? And I think to myself, yeah, sure, I can do that. I know how to perform. I know how to talk about geography and politics. And then I'll turn up at this event and realize, oh, hang on, I've got nothing. <laughs> because every time I talk about geography and politics and stuff, um, I need like a, a script and an edit suite. Mm. So maybe I should look into the crossovers more. Yeah, yeah. That, that. Just make my tube song longer by including the DLR. Are you, are you working on any new musical comedy material at the moment? Musical or? comedy. Um, I've got a few new songs coming up because uh, this time next year I will be taking another show on the road, um, another children's show. Cool. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Very excited. And at the same time, I'm working on new YouTube stuff. Yep. Uh, there's another episode of my series about unfinished London. Uh, coming up. In the, was that a yes from the audience? Yeah. Uh, there's a new one coming in just a few weeks, um, and then there's more episodes of Map Men with uh, Mark Cooper-Jones, and then plenty more exciting secret stuff that I haven't yet planned, but there will be more. Excellent. And, and of course, if you're listening, you can just search for Jay Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N, online, you. and, and you'll be easily found, I'm sure. Um, I think that's probably everything for now. That's it, yeah. So yeah. I'm, to plug myself, I've got a website, jforeman.co.uk. My Twitter is at jforeman. Um, I've got an Instagram, but I've only posted on it once, and it was ages ago, so that doesn't count. But yes, that, that's how to find me. And, and Jay is powered by Patreon, I, sh I, sh I suppose. I I've got say. a Patreon as well. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, so please go to my Patreon as well. Yeah, Patreon is a way for uh, artist creators to, to get funded uh, per, per thing. Per I find as a British person, it's very difficult to ask for money. But that, that's <laughs> literally what Patreon yeah, is. It's yeah. like a begging site. No, it's not. It, it's, a, it's a balancing site, I think. It's, it's a nice way to, to do it. Americans are better at it than we are. You know, they'll have yes, their Patreon yeah. and they'll just you know, scream from the rooftops, here's how you support us, give us your money, give us your money. Yeah, and yeah. us Brits are like, oh, uh, terribly sorry, but it just, uh, <laughs> it's kind of awkward to mention, but sometimes we spend a bit of money on, our, on the things we make. So if you could see your way kindly to... I'm, I, I fall into the latter camp, basically. Okay, cool. That was me begging you guys just now, by the way. <laughs> if you like Jay and, and you can afford it, I, I would definitely uh, <laughs> encourage you to, to... You can just give him a dollar a month or something. You can, you can set it as low as you want, basically. Um, and it's, but it's, and I do that with lots of acts that I like. I just think it's. Are, a nice are you one of my patrons? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, thank you. Let me buy you a drink. <laughs> you, we, we had that same conversation. Oh, we did. Yeah, I still owe you that drink. <laughs> no, you. I'll have another. All right. Thank you. Wait, am I interviewing you or are you interviewing me? Who gets to thank who? Should um, we thank each other at the same time? Yeah. Thanks, Three, thanks two, for doing this. One. Thank, thank you, Natris. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Thanks for filling in for Nick. Um,
those listening on the podcast, we will be back again with another episode very soon. Editing takes a little while, but uh, I am trying to whip through them as quick as I can. Do subscribe, do give us feedback, and uh, keep listening. Thank you, bye. Do check out the Musical Comedy Awards online by searching on Google, Facebook, Twitter or YouTube. And if you live in or can get to London easily, we'd love to see you at our events. The semi-finals continue at the Phoenix on the Saturday afternoons of March 16th and 23rd. And this year's grand final will see the MCAs returning to the Bloomsbury Theatre for the fifth time on Saturday, April the 13th. With performances from our ten finalists, the winner of the Best Newcomer Award and a headline set from YouTube stars The Brett Domino Trio, all hosted by our regular MC. Nick Horseman. So that just leaves me to say, I've been Dave Natris and this has been a Nats.com production covering the Musical Comedy Awards, which is a Avanilaf production. More musical comedy next time. Musical Comedy Awards Podcast. It's the Musical Comedy Awards Podcast with Jay and Dave and chats and songs and acts and jokes. <laughs>